In a world filled with incredibly remarkable human beings, it's my mission to shine light on some of the stories and lessons that we accrue during our time here. My goal is to fill you with the same hope and inspiration I found in some of my friends along the way. What I've also found is sometimes inspiration doesn't always slap you in the face. Sometimes an immense bond or a chance situation will reveal the greatest of all inspirations. However you receive your message, hearing another's perspective on life's challenges and triumphs will help you to put some of your own anguish and concerns at ease. We will learn together that there is far more that unites us than the objects that tear us apart. We are going to simplify our lives as we grow together on this mission of finding more hope in our everyday life. So, sit back and relax. I want you to enjoy the ride. Hello everyone, welcome to The World with Nate. Today I have a special guest on, Allison Schwab is here to join us. Hello Allison. Hi, how are you? I'm awesome, how are you? <laughs> good. Good, good. Busy day today or no? Every day is a busy day. Every day is a busy <laughs> day, exactly. Thanks for taking the time to come to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm honored. Thank you very much for asking me. Awesome. I uh, took a second to tell you beforehand how much of an inspiration you are to me. Uh, it was by chance that I came across your name on some uh, photography stuff on social media. When I saw your work, I was blown away by it. And your name, your logo on the photography stuck with me. My wife says, we got to get family pictures. And my first instincts, no, we don't need them. No, I don't want to pay for them. No, I don't want to get new clothes and wear them. <laughs> and she assured me, oh, I have the perfect person, Allison Schwab. And I had no idea who that was. And she said, well, her husband's a coach of you and I wrestling. And I was like, oh, well, tell me more about Allison. <laughs> uh, right in my wheelhouse. So you are busy as hell. Yeah. You uh, are the wife of an NCAA head wrestling coach. Yep. You are the co-host of uh, E3 podcast new podcast. You're the owner of Allison Schwab Photography, mother of four children, and an advocate for all of your children. Yep. Yes. So that's why I'm having you on. You are busy. What I get from you, um, a perspective like I cannot make for myself, the way that you can put your busy life into, into aspect for me that I can get inspiration. It's you are a gem. I have loved watching <laughs> you on social media, and I am so excited that you came. Thank you. Uh, you're spirited and spicy, and I also love that about yes, you. Yes, yes. Why don't we start your story? Give the guests a little bit of background. Tell them about your opportunity as a walk-on softball player that will mm -hmm. coincide with. I had an episode two guest. He was a walk-on athlete. So we know a little bit about the trials and tribulations of that, but why don't you tell us? Yep. Um, so I grew up playing softball ever since I was, I mean, probably, I don't know, seven or eight. I think I came home and just decided one day I was going to pitch. And my dad, um, my stepdad, Ron, had had so much experience playing men's fast pitch. And so he kind of coached me all the way through um, from when I was younger to uh, every weekend, probably when I was 12 through 18. Uh, we went on the road and, and traveled together. So I think that my love for traveling started really young and I can attribute that to um, softball. I love the relationships that you built, um, the people that you were around, the places that you saw. Um, and I just, 
was blown away by the opportunities that I was given. And um, when it came down to college, uh, I looked at a couple other schools, but my mom, my dad, both my sisters had all gone to Virginia Tech. And it was just one of those things where I decided, you know what, if, if I could not play this sport, I would be happy okay. where I'm at, you know? So I, um, I decided to walk on. The coach knew about me. I was I grew up pretty much like in the backyard of Virginia Tech. So I was about 35, 40 minutes away. Um, and he had known my stepdad because he had been actually the coach before they went varsity. So when they were a club level team, he was um, the club level coach. And uh, so we went, I remember I went to tryouts. I remember the first day was like a mile run and um no one had told, like, no one had told us to like bring certain things. Like they just had shown up. We didn't know when we were doing the mile. Like okay. we just knew that at some point we'd probably be tested on a mile, which, you know, seems a little crazy now because like, when do you ever run a mile in softball, Never. you know, ever. <laughs> so Surprise. I remember it was super stressful and I'd already started out with like not having stuff I needed and, you know, and you're, and you're walking into this, um, dugout and everyone, it seems like everyone knows each other, but like you and maybe 10 other girls that don't know anyone, you know, and, um, you're in, you're not like in the athletic dorm because you're walking on. So you're really just, you know, a a normal student. Mm -hmm. So you're not in the athletic dorm. So you haven't made those even connections before you got down there. Um, and when you go home, you go home to (laughs) your roommate that's, you know, my roommate was great. She was an interior design major, but there was no sort of like, um, as bond as far as like sports and what I was trying to do. Um, so (laughs) I walked on. I um, remember I tried out all that week. I remember that the seniors um, were super hard on me. Oh, oh yeah. Like the whole like. Yeah, what do you mean by hard? Like ground balls. And then I just remember <laughs> one, um, she would go like, hurry up, let's go. Come uh, on, hurry up, get that. You on, know, yeah, like, the whole time. oh yeah. And so you're already like sweating and nervous. And then here you are, you have somebody behind you being like, all right, let's go, hurry up, you know, because they want their reps. Yeah. And, um, so anyways, I remember it was the last day before tryouts and like they'd already made first cuts and I had made first cuts and um, I didn't even want to go. Like yeah. I just was like, I don't know if I can do this. Nerves. I remember. Oh, yeah. And yeah. just the like, I think the fear of failure, like yes. getting cut. Um, and I remember I called my mom. Um, Rudy was like my favorite movie and it's so cliche, but like, I literally like watched that. I think the night before trying to pump myself up, you know, oh yes, Yes. always, always. I am always a fan of the underdog. Um, I call them like the humble celebrators and the, you know, the ones that you just, you don't know kind of like what's going on inside and, and what they're doing behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I love those guys that push through. And, uh, she told me, you know, like, no, like go out there, like, you know, give it your all. Yeah. She gave me this like big pep talk. And, um, and so I went out there and sure enough, I I made the team walked on, um, ended up being a, a pinch runner role, a pinch hunter every now and then. And then as my years progressed, I slowly kind of filled um, into a spot of more of like a, a BP thrower, you yeah. know, and, um, and that was okay. Cause I, I had a role. Yeah. Um, it benefited everyone else. Now I still wanted to be on the field, but I had to accept it also like talent wise. I just was not at that level, right. you know? Um, and, and some of that would be probably like a little bit of, um, fear, you know, insecurity in my ability. Um, some of it would just be the, like 
their abilities were better than mine and accepting that. And, um, and some of that, if I had to look back now would be like, I would want to go back and work harder, you know, which is, it's hard because you have kids now and trying to tell them that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not try to live out your, (laughs) your mistakes or what you wish you had done through them. So, so yeah, so I kind of filled into that role and then played um, three years. I decided to graduate early um, because I met a certain someone. Yes. And uh, yeah. Who did you meet? So I met my husband, Doug Schwab. Um, he was coaching at Virginia Tech. Um, I didn't know of him. It, it, I 100% say that it was a God thing because his office was across from our locker room. and His office? Yes, his office. You were a player. I was an athlete. And he, <laughs> he was, was a coach. coach. <laughs> so you just and, wanted to point that out. Yeah, you? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> so, I have said you're spicy. Yes. Yes. Um, so his office was across from ours and the wrestling room was on um, just a ways down. And so, uh, we always smelled the wrestlers. Yes. You know, we always knew when practice was in or out and, um, and just so much like heat coming yes. out of the room. And so, but I never spoke to him, didn't know who he was, nothing for like a whole year, walking in and out that door every day, mm-hmm. right beside him. And, um, and so then the, that summer of 05, um, we were celebrating a friend's 21st birthday. And, you know, at that time, I probably wouldn't tell my own kids, you yes, know, to I do know. it, but you know, you went out, I think like every night to celebrate. Cause it was like a week long celebration. Oh yeah. And, um, I got into a bar that I wasn't supposed to, um, cause I was 19. We'll hide those things yes, from our we'll children. Just, you too. know, I was drinking water. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe with something else. And, yeah. uh, and anyways, he, if he'll tell a story, he'll say like, oh, I had something in my eye, but he was winking at me from across oh, the room. Oh yeah. hundred percent, you know? And I thought I was just like awesome. Yeah. You know, I was feeling great about old. myself. Yeah. And um, I will never forget the song. Um, <laughs> you're totally going to laugh because it like ages so much. But do you remember this song? Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Yes, I do. Oh, my God. Okay. So Hopefully uh, Noah, our audio guy, can find us. Oh, God. I hope so, Noah. <laughs> um, and so it's playing and I'm just dancing with my girlfriend. Oh, it. I'm like yourself. feeling it. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and, um, and I will never forget my friend is like, he's looking at you. He's looking at you dance really good. And I'm like, <laughs> how is that going to make me dance even better? You know, but, like um, nerves. All right, I know like that's Thanks. making me nervous. I have like, I have a thing going on. Yeah. And so he was winking at me and I was just like, who is that? And my friend was like, Allison, that is one of the coaches. And Ooh. I was like, Ooh, you know? And I was like, but he's too young to be a coach. Like, are you sure? When Doug still looks really young, but, uh, so anyways, we ended up dancing with each other, didn't exchange numbers or anything. And then the next morning I walked in and, um, I went to go get my lift in. It was like our summer lifting program. Walking into your building, walking into the building, literally pass him in the hallway. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like one of those things where you like put your head down and then you're like, Oh, I can't ignore you. Like we literally like danced together all night. Like I can't, you know. Yeah. And so he's like, Hey, and I said, like, hey, oh, how are you feeling this morning? You know? And yeah. he's like, Great, I don't drink. And yeah. I was like, Oh. Oh. But I did. <laughs> so, like, the whole night's just like going oh, yeah. through your what head real quick. Like, what did I look like? Yep. What did I say? Yes. 
obviously you killed him with that first obviously like as i tell my kids like he you know i seduced him with my yes of course and uh so we we like had a little laugh there and um and just went on our way like he went down the hall and i was like oh you know kind of like i'll see you later kind of thing because i was like i'm not gonna ask you for your number like you know i'm the girl yeah. like you asked yeah. you know so we went of course we went out that night yeah and i didn't see him and then we went out it was for the birthday right Still, for the birthday yes. it was for the birthday Still. so then we went out the next night and they had camps in town and so they would always take their coaches to um like a restaurant and there's like a restaurant bar yeah and and that was kind of like those guys got to come out while the um, kids were in the dorms and, you know, the counselors watched the kids. So the coaches kind of just got to socialize um, and see them on a different level than just like in the room. Yep. Right. And um, like I may have had a little little liquid courage, like a little bit <laughs> and maybe like, you know, got into this bar and um, and so right. Nineteen <laughs> and that's like twenty six. <laughs> Or 27 and uh i went straight up to him and like was like hey you know and then we kind of talked for a little bit and i remember wes hand who was their um other assistant coach was sitting there and i just remember him kind of being like like who is this yeah, you know like what what is why is she just standing here talking to you and i just like boldly was like so are you ever gonna get my number you know yes <laughs> I stones, girl. I love it. So he did, and um, he gave me a ride home. And and it's so funny because, right, like you say, ride home, and everybody just assumes, you know. And no, we stayed up talking all night, gentlemen. When he went to leave, I gave him a kiss on the cheek, and that was it. Yeah. And so you think about that, like Mm. a nineteen and twenty-seven year old. Like I'm pretty sure we've lived totally different lives. Yes. At (laughs) At that that point, point, he's lived a lot more life than me. And so, but at the same time, I think it kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, just made him probably think like, okay, well, she didn't, you know, he didn't try anything and I didn't give in to anything and, you know, but just that maybe this would be something that would kind of go on, you know, more than just that. Yes. Yes. So, so that's a hard situation to be in too, you know, as the coach. Oh, or yeah. as a 19 year old and, and intimidating. Yep. All right. I saw a picture you posted of Doug on the sideline. Yeah. If you haven't looked at Allison's Facebook, look it up, look <laughs> at the picture. You will know the intimidation that I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> For you to walk up to that girlfriend. Oh, uh, well, he had it. to deal with a lot. You know, I mean, I was, I was 19 when I met him. So he, you know, you're 19, you're insecure, you're jealous. Like mm-hmm. he had already kind of gotten through all of that, you know, and he's like towards the end of his twenties. And so, um, he really had to like, just be patient enough to talk to me about things when I would get worked up or be like, who's that girl, you know, or that kind of thing that you were just so a little bit, you know, on the immature side. And, you know, so he did a great job of, um, letting me grow up, but not telling me how that makes sense. And still being there for you. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah. So, so we eventually went, I had to eventually go tell my coach yes. that I was like dating and they said, one of the assistants. Yeah, what'd that look like? And that, oh my God, I've just never been so nervous, I think, in my life, you yeah. know? Because you were in love with this man. Oh yeah. Like I probably, which it sounds extreme, but I had told the girl's birthday that we had celebrated. We went out probably later, you know, a week or two later. And I told her, I was like, I could see myself yeah. marrying him. And she was like. 
wow. Like, because I mean, I had been in like a three-year relationship. He had been in, I think like an eight-year relationship. So we were both coming out of like long-term relationships. And, um, and like I said, we were in completely different life stages. stages. He's in like a career and I'm in school. Um, but he was always super, um, like motivating to me, you know, as far as like, getting what I needed to get done. Yeah. Like he didn't take a, he never, as I told my parents, like he never took away from me. He always like added, added always. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's a testament to how you can juggle all your stuff and you guys are still making it work. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> screw yous, but <laughs> not drag outs. I'm not going to say that we're perfect because we're not. No, and, you no know, one is. Allison. No, 100%. We both know that. Yes. We've both been married long enough. Yes. People make mistakes, but yep. getting past them, yeah. moving on, rolling with the punches. 100%. It's a theme to your life. You really take things and just run with them. That's amazing to me. So you meet Doug, Virginia Tech. He's the coach. Yep. You're a student. Um, eventually, you're not a student. Yep. You uh, graduate. Yeah. Then what? Um, I graduated a semester early. um, And in between that, uh, you know, the school actually ended up coming back and telling us we couldn't date. And I was like, you know, distraught, right? Because it's like the end of your entire world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then we just, we kind of like secretly made it work for, so for like seven months, because um, Tom Brands ended up taking the job at Iowa and brought Doug. From Virginia Tech to Iowa. So um, Tom brought Doug with him. And Doug was originally from Iowa. Yes. He's from Osage, um, wrestled at Iowa, was a um, NCAA champ for them. And uh, so I knew as soon as Tom got the job at Iowa, I knew he was gone, gone. you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'd only known, you know, Virginia here I am 35 minutes or from home. You chose that. Yes. Yeah. And then that was important to you. Now he's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Virginia and Iowa. It's not a hour car ride, which you are really yeah. familiar with. No, right. I know yes. it's about 13, 14, yes. upwards of 15, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. depending on how many stops. So you guys <laughs> decided we're going to make this work. Yep. Yep. He's in Iowa, you're in Virginia. Then yep. what? So he took off um, for Iowa probably in June of 06. And I still had um, to finish a semester of school okay. to get my bachelor's. And I stayed. Um, so I had a class on like Thursday mornings and I would leave after that class, drive out to Iowa, mm-hmm. stay the weekend, drive back Monday. Just for two days with sweet. Yep. <laughs> Just yeah. in a little, you know, Honda Civic. Yes. Um, <laughs> that was stick shift. That's my which was good though. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, oh, and we it. made it work. You know, I mean, there was no FaceTime. There was video messages mm-hmm. then, which was like, it's hilarious for me to think back to then. Um, and I took a internship in dc at georgetown university um that summer and he would come out and visit me that summer but then once the season got going you know no there was no way he could come back and i didn't understand that at the time i didn't even quite understand the level that he was you know still competing at he was still training and competing on a senior level post collegiate for to make world and olympic teams Mm -hmm. and i you know it took me a while to like wrap my mind around that one because i was never at that level you know and yes i had aspirations of it growing up but once you i reached that level that i knew that was not going to be my path and that was okay you know when you say that level Uh, as normal people, we can't fathom what that means when you are talking about these Olympic athletes and mm-hmm. your husband was an Olympic mm-hmm. athlete. What are the commitments? What do those look like that not just on him, but mm-hmm. as the wife, you know, or mm-hmm. the, the significant other during that time? 
Um, I would definitely say, you know, your life is really built around them. Um, they have to be selfish. It's a super short amount of time for them to accomplish their goal. So you have to remember that. And how did you get that aspect, that um, perspective? Well, I had a lot of help. You know, when we were at Iowa, I had um, uh, both the brands, his wives, Michelle and Jenny, both of them had lived that out. Both of their husbands had been um, in the Olympics and in the world championships and, um, had meddled. And I mean, so they knew what it took and so they could pass some of that down, but you know, a little bit of it is just like trial and error and growing up. Like there's things that I know now that I would completely go back and do differently. You know, if I, if I had understood, you know, but you're talking about when we came out here, I was 21 years old. We had a baby by, 22. We had yep. a second baby by 23. I, that was close. Right. I, when you were saying their dates, I'm like, are they Irish twins? Right. Close. <laughs> Very close. close. Yeah. 2008, yeah. we had Hayden. We got in February. We got married in June. Um, Doug made the Olympic team in the June. Uh, August, he was in the Olympics. Um, and then October, we found out we were pregnant again. Pedal to the metal the yes. whole time. Yes. So uh, um, meanwhile, He's training all day and you're Mrs. Mom in it Yep, Yep. all day and all night. And I wish I could say that I was like better at um, being like, okay with it, you know, but you're far from home. You're Mm -hmm. about a thousand miles from home, Um, you know, in, in what you know, and you're comfortable with, you have to remember that I had only known his family for really about a year and a half, you know, since I came to Iowa when we had Hayden and, um, but I had a good support system at Iowa. His family was, you know, only about two hours away. Uh, but it just, you know, like I said, I still didn't quite understand how I do now, what all it entailed. I mean, you are talking about, it's a full-time job. Like I laugh when people ask me like, oh, does Doug teach a class at you and I? And I'm like, are you serious? You know, like it's not high school. And, um, And the same goes for when they're training on these teams. I mean, their day is built around training. They usually are training twice a day. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're watching their meals. They're watching video. Uh, at any point, someone can stop in and drug test them. And they yeah. stay there and yeah. follow them around your house until they go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. the first pee, um, you're going in that cup yes. room. <laughs> so anything like that, like just little things. But Recruiting um, as yes, well. Re- he's recruiting. Marketing. He's marketing. He's volunteer um, coach at that time. Building in Iowa. quality men. Yep. Relationships. Like, let's not forget about that. Please. Yes. So he was super busy and it um, can definitely, you know, be lonely. And um, I think people don't understand that probably as much as like motherhood can be lonely in general. And then you have a spouse that doesn't have a nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more of a life. Yes. And I mean, and he would travel for training camps out to Colorado Springs Olympic Training Center and he'd be gone for like a week or two. Or, you know, if they went over to Russia to compete, there's a week. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he was competing in um, Russia right before we had Hayden. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like hoping he's home for birth. the birth. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Meanwhile, you're in Iowa and your mom, yep. mom is in Virginia. Yep. Yep. That's tough. So. I mean, I'm very thankful for the wrestling community. They do a great job of building a support system around you. And you and I has done that for us here, yes. the community here. You guys have helped to build that at you and I. Well, we appreciate all that, you know, has been given to us as ours, as far as opportunities. Yes. So. yes, yes. so, man, the Olympics, the prep for that, his goal, your support. That's insane to me. The outcome. How'd the Olympics go? 
Um, so he ended up losing out to the silver medalist and the bronze medalist. Nothing to hang your freaking hat on. Right. But yep. when you are the type of person who there's one goal and that's win. Oh yeah. That's not easy. No, spouse, I mean, it's something, it's something you've been preparing your whole life for, you know, and I spent many a nights, um, up feeding Hayden in the middle of the night, like, you know, not waking him cause I want him to sleep, but just praying that like all of this, you know, I mean, he's, he's worked so hard to get there. He eats the right way. He doesn't do, he doesn't drink. He doesn't mm-hmm. do any drugs or anything. Um, he listens to his body, takes care of his body, like all these right things. He goes about it the right way. And then to not get what you wanted. Like for a while I was pissed off. Like I was yeah. pissed off at God, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and also just mad that, um, you have somebody that is doing it the right way. And he should be the one right. who freaking wins. That should be the story. You know, it doesn't. But, um, you know, it took it took quite a bit of time um, to kind of like recover. Yeah. Uh, and he would say that um, there's definitely times where like probably he was angry or I was angry or I just wanted to like, you know, like move forward. But at the same time, like you're not mad at him at how he performed or anything. You're mad at the situation because you know that one win, like he got pulled back in. If he had made that bronze medal match or had a bronze medal or came home with any medal, it still probably wouldn't have been as good as gold. However, it would have been a difference, you know, as far as, um, you know, Jordan Burroughs talks about him coming home with a gold versus him coming home with nothing and the difference in them. And I mean, it's kind of, I just, I just knew a lot of those feelings when he was talking about the year that he didn't bring anything home. And I'm like, I know all what those. that feels like. Yes. 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 As close to have you has have been to that. Right. Exactly. Oh man. That's yeah. hard, but that's not it. If, no. if you ended his story there. Oh, right. That's nope. dropping the bucket now yep. for the rest of your guys' life. Yep. So on with that pregnancy, you guys had the boys. Um, yep. How far apart? 16 months? Yep. So Hayden is 12 and Hendrix is 11. Hayden's getting ready to turn 13. Okay. And then you guys got <laughs> pregnant with girls. Eight years later. You didn't know it was twins though. No. No, you thought, oh, we're I pregnant. I literally went in for an ultrasound and I thought they were just checking the due date. So I told Doug that he didn't even need to come. Right. And I thought those same. I've yeah. Father four. Yeah, exactly. You, don't you come know to those. Four. I'm like, no, you don't need to come to this. Right. You've had like, it already. Right. And so, um, but I did thought it was odd. And at the same time, though, you say, well, the last time I had kids was eight years ago. Yeah. Like everything's changed. Right. right? It changes quick. Yeah. So in the medical field. I just thought, well, you know, they're just doing that to check the date. And um, I went in there and I bet you within like two minutes, I'm like looking at the screen, just sitting there. God, something looks different. And she goes, well, I have something to tell you. And I was, I just looked at her and I go, oh my God, you're going to tell me I'm having twins. You knew. And she goes, you're having twins. And What'd then it heart, was like, did your heart sink through your stomach? Oh my God. Like I went all the emotions. I was, oh my goodness. All at once. Oh my God. Holy shit. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Is the- this a normal reaction? Am I having a normal reaction? She's like, you're having a normal reaction. Yes. Ooh, okay. So in the meantime, I'm like texting my sister. Your husband. No, I'm not <laughs> telling him. I'm saving that for like face to face, which is good on you. So I'm, good on you. <laughs> I'm texting my sisters and only one, like one is a school teacher. So she's in class. So yeah, she's not, not busy. seeing them. Yeah. My mom's in a meeting. So the other uh, sister is like sending back gifts yeah. of like, like elf when he's like, I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, yeah, not one, but two. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, Oh my God. You know, I'm sending a screenshot of like, 
do you see anything wrong with this picture? And there's like two little things. You don't know whether to be enjoying it or oh, right. feeling like, everything. Yes, you're feeling everything. Just uh, the overwhelm of like how life's going to change. Yes, so, for twins. Yep. I and mean, I told him that they had some concerns. And then I needed to come to the office to like, just show it. I wanted to just talk to him. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, which, I mean, they did have concerns. It's twins, yeah. multiple pregnancy. You're, you know that from your wife. Yeah. And, um, I went in and I videotaped him and it's my favorite video ever. And I handed him the first picture and it said, hi daddy. And then I handed him the second one and he's like, Oh, it's like a head. And I'm like, yeah. And I handed him the second one. And at the bottom, it said, there's two of us. Ugh. But like, he didn't see that part. So he's like going like this. Trying and to I figure go, out why'd you hand me a second yes. picture? And I, do you look at the bottom? And I'm shaking. Like yeah. my hands are shaking. And he goes, there's two of them. <laughs> and I went, yep. And he yeah, goes, dog. are you serious? And I went, yep. And he goes, holy shit. <laughs> and then he goes. That right there. Holy shit. Right. And That's he goes, it. well. There's two of us. And like, uh, that was it, you know? Yeah. And we just laughed. And so anytime that I... What are you going to do at that point? No, nobody, no, two? right? Buckle up, baby. I just remember, <laughs> oh my goodness, people are Holy going shit. to lose their minds yeah. when I yeah. tell them we're having twins. Because we had just announced that we were pregnant and um, everything was going well. And we were so thankful for that. And I had gotten this little singlet. And so the boys are in their singlets and they say Schwab on the back yep. and they're holding this little baby singlet in between them. That just exactly. One just one. Uh, and that was on Friday. Yes. And I went in and had the ultrasound on Two. Monday. How the hell do you backtrack on that? Right. Now? I was <laughs> like, psych. <laughs> just kidding, guys. I'm going to need another singlet. singlet yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The so, news yeah. of twins in itself. Oh, we my can goodness. do episodes about that. I know, right? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Whew. Yes. Nothing like adding yeah, spontaneous, mm -hmm. spicy mm -hmm. excitement to Allison Schwab's yep. life. Did Doug know he was in for that ride? Because often my wife will say, like, geez, if I I know a lot more about you now. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's like. No, he definitely did not. Neither one of us knew. I mean. Do you, at 19, do you know what you're no. getting into? Hell no. No. Hell no. I didn't even know what I was getting into at 33. No, still, <laughs> right? Yes, that is a perfect testament to time. Yeah. So the girls. You have them in what year is that? What, when is that? 2017. And that May. was how far after the boys? There was About eight years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you guys had decided you wanted more children? Um, you actually, we were looking towards fostering. Okay. We really were. I had my heart set on fostering adoption. adoption. Okay. Yep. And um, I just knew in, it really, I had actually just taken him uh, probably sometime in that summer. We had gone to eat on campus and I remember you sitting and down for him okay. and I said, um, I know I've brought this up about fostering and like adopting and like, we've kind of dabbled, like talking about it, but it's on my heart. And mm. I really think that I'm supposed to have, you know, like another kid, yes. you know, that kind of thing. I know that feeling. And uh -huh. <laughs> which one did that come for you? <laughs> well, after three, we talked about yep. adoption and foster and yep. the price tag on it at that point in our lives, we were oh, prepared for it. Right. No. So we were talking and then boom, number four in the, yep. in the pipe. <laughs> so, so who we, knows, Allison? We filled out the questionnaire okay. yep. um, and we're looking at the classes mm -hmm. and, and to start the fostering, you know, part. Program. And he was really worried more about like my heart. Like, how are you going to give up this child? Yes. You know, because really the whole meaning of fostering is reunification. That's what you want. The yes. Goal, right. And, yes. um, it's not hoping that you're, you're going to get, get the, that, get that kid. Yes. And so he just was really worried about that. He's like, I know that you struggle with 
um, like letting go and attachment. Yes. And um, we had helped uh, three little kids um, beforehand and they had stayed at our house a couple of times and that's a whole nother podcast. And he knew how attached that I was for them. And they kind of detached themselves right before we had the twins. Mm -hmm. And I was devastated. And, um, and so just, he watched that unfold and he's like, Wanted to save you. Do you see this? You know, like, I don't want this to happen over and over and over as you take these kids in. But what we didn't know is that God had this way bigger plan for us. He laughs when you make plans. Exactly. I know. He must have been laughing hard. Same. He's in a chuckle chuckle room with me. Right. So, yeah, you are pregnant with twins. You have the girls. Mm -hmm. Two blessings. At what point did you start to think that they're, that, there's they you talk a lot about their superpowers and Mm -hmm. i love that because we often get out of touch with what's going on it's just a little bit different for them how so and when did you start to realize that um so they were about 12 months and i started noticing they weren't really saying like mama dada um especially dada because you know, no matter what us moms do, they're going to say dada first. And I <laughs> it's just, easier vocabulary. Right. Exactly. I'm going to stick with that. Yep. Um, they had said like, uh oh, but I hadn't heard it in a really long time. And um, I kind of mentioned it to a couple other people. And, you know, twins are known for being delayed because if they come early and our girls that came around um, just below 35 weeks. Spent some time in the NICU. Yeah. Right? So they were yeah. about two weeks in the NICU, which is nothing compared to like what some people spend in the NICU. Right. And, uh, so they said, oh, but they have their own like twin language. And right. I just was Touch like, or what, okay, however that works. right. Like you right. just, you don't know. No. And they're, they're happy. They're not doing anything that's like too out of character other than like the not verbalizing, speaking, you know? Things. So we went to the 15 month appointment and I brought it up and the doctor said, let's, well, baby, right. Let's wait till 18 months and just give them time because they were, you know, developmentally, um, they could have been like a couple weeks behind cause they were born early. Right. Um, even though, and they were doing things a little tiny bit later, but not anything dramatic, Drastic. you know, I mean, they were walking after a year, but you know, I mean, some people walk at nine yeah, months, yeah, like, yeah. and Every baby's on their own Every timeline is different. Right. right. Yeah. Like I hate that they even put milestones out because you feel like a failure every time you, you go do. in and fill out those sheets. Even if it's one out of the 600 oh, checks exactly. that they asked you. Now do that times two. Yes. No, no thank you. Don't yes. put that on me. When you see those sheets again next time for Mary, I'll I want you it. to yep. look at all that. Think about how long that would take. Yes. So we went into 18 months. I filled out a questionnaire before I went in there. Didn't know what it was. And you know what? The questionnaire's no offense, are ridiculous. Yes. You know, like, can they put a bead in a water bottle? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't give them beads. I don't want them to choke. Right. Yes. You know, or a marble. Yes. Like, so, um, you fly through them. She went in, the doctor came in. Um, I, I praise her up and down to this day, Dr. Townsend. She is absolutely wonderful. And it's crazy how many times, um, God has like interweaved people in and out of our story. So I used to give her daughters softball lessons when they were younger. So I knew her, you know, before, and then she ended up being our pediatrician for the girls, mm-hmm. completely different than the boys. Yep. Um, and then she came in and she was like, is Doug with you? And I was like, come on, it's wrestling mm-hmm. season. Like he's on the road, He's yeah, you know? Um, and she said, well, you know, they um, failed their autism screening and 
I was like, oh, so like they're not autistic. Great. You know, perfect. And she was like, no, we're going to actually like send you down to Iowa City to just get checked out. And what the, yeah, about took about 10 seconds. And then I lost it, it. You to, know, what and is that? What's she that was mean? like, that's why I wanted. <laughs> I just wanted you yeah. to have someone here. And um, I was like, it's OK. Like, I already knew I want to start speech. Um, I have some friends that are teachers and principals in the community. And I had already said, and they said, oh, you know, you should really look at like AEA or um, just getting them speech because even they could have like a speech delay. Right. It's not going to so hurt them. I knew that I wanted to start speech. And um, I was so thankful because in the meantime, this was like an end of November appointment. Mm-hmm. We didn't get into the CDC. So the Center for Disabilities um, um, in development CDD okay. down there until the end of March. So you get the diagnosis and then you have to wait yeah. for the appointment. So you have to, so you get the appointment that like, Hey, we see certain things that we just want them to check out. Okay. That's like here. And then we went to Iowa city to actually get the diagnosis. Okay. But in that, in between that time you have December, January, yeah. February yeah. and March and four months. And, yeah. So we started speech um, over at mercy one and um, now our, you took this upon yourself. You helped with guidance from doctor. You you guys decided what did yep. that look like. Um, well, I told her right then, like it, there was no like hesitation of let's just wait till our appointment. See, right. No, I said, can we start speech now? Yes. Because um, I knew regardless, we were going to be in speech. So like, can we just start yeah. it now? Yeah. Um, so when we went down to Iowa city, we were already in speech at you and I two days a week at the Roy Eplin, um, center, a speech center up there. And, um, and then at EDI one day a week. So we were in speech three days a week already. And when we went down there, I mean, literally they said to us, like, there's not much more you could have been doing. Dang, that feels good though. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Knowing that you're trying Mm -hmm. your ass off to give them the best opportunity at success. Yep. So Doug was with one twin. I was with another, we saw a, um, like a actual developmental doctor, pediatrician at U of I. Yep. And then, um, a psychologist. So they, they saw both. We already had two speech evaluations. So they, knew that we had already been evaluated twice and they kind of took that. Um, but the psychologist was important for therapies later on uh-huh. for us to see this psychologist. So before we even left the first appointment, so I'm with Jenna with the like developmental doctor, um, Doug's with the psychologist with Lennon. Yeah. And before we even left like that room, I knew because she had already said to me, what do you know about autism? And I was like, we're walking out of here with this diagnosis. Like it's happening. Yeah. Um, This is all real. And, and, you know, you get to that point and you start looking back over the last few weeks and months and you start noticing things like, right. Like that they're not making maybe eye contact all the time. They're not responding to their names a lot. And And so it's easy to kind of, Oh yeah. Oh, they're nothing. Yeah. I mean, you just, you're not even thinking about that. No. And like you said before you got that diagnosis of autism, yeah. that wasn't probably relevant in your mind. No. And I mean, have... I don't even know how first time parents would know. Right. What, I mean, yes. that's the biggest thing is yes. for, you know, that I want to make aware is because as a first time parent, until you have that second child that maybe like develops um you know more neurotypically okay. like yes. then you're not going to even know have a clue what's normal. what you're looking for right and so i feel like a lot of the people that you know sometimes are told like well, why aren't they doing something sooner they didn't know right you know i mean yeah. 
I was thankful that I had Hayden and Hendrix before. I knew something wasn't right. I have a teacher as a sister. You know, I have um, a teacher as uh, multiple teachers as friends, a principal, you know, that's the wife of one of our coaches, like all of them that I could just kind of bounce things off of. And, um, And even one of the moms that I have now we're a lot closer now, but you know, she was in a uh, junior league here that like one year that I did it, yeah. she was in junior league and she is literally like a year before us in all of this. So yeah. she helped, helped guide, guide me. And that's essentially what you just want to pass down. Like Hell you yeah. want to help guide other people who are first time. I can't yeah. imagine that. Oh yeah. That's Cause right. I've heard parents say, you know, I didn't know anything was wrong until I had the second child and they were doing things that, the first child had never done Mm -hmm. and it's heartbreaking, you know, and you feel guilty. Like I felt guilty and here we had gotten that diagnosis before they were two, which was unheard of. Yeah. So to piggyback on that, my wife's a medical professional. And Mm -hmm. I told you when we had spoke about uh, the subject matter, she said that your twins were the soonest she had ever heard of Mm -hmm. being tested or Mm -hmm. being uh, diagnosed. Yep. So kudos to you for making the ball roll. Yeah. Yes. Holy smokes. So you got the diagnosis in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. How old are the girls? So that was March 27th. I'll okay. even probably not forget Never that forget day. That. Um, and I remember I walked out of the first appointment and I teared up and Doug looked at me and goes, I've already ordered books. Hell yeah. So like he had been in a separate room than me. We both knew based on kind of like what we're seeing. And there's things like, um, for instance, like things that stood out that I had never really understood before was, you know, Jenna interacted with a toy one way. It was always collect and dump, Mm -hmm. collect and dump. So like if the um, doctor sat there and tried to separate the two items, nope, she would collect them and dump them, Mm -hmm. collect them and dump them. Um, She focused on that Yes, like that one thing. She um, looked at me in that room for the hour, one time. Which is wild when you have kids and you know that they're constantly, mom, dad, am I okay? Right. And right. they're not around, you yeah. know, I mean, you're not around like, and she knows I'm sitting there. And so I'm answering questions. There's actually two doctors in the room, one that's testing Jenna. So what? And then there's like a resident who's asking me questions the whole time, you yeah. know? And in the meantime, you know, we've been in speech. And so I've asked their opinion, like, yeah. look, I get it. You're not diagnosing them. I just want to know, have you seen some red flags that would make you think based on what you've seen before with kids? The spectrum is so wide. They always That's say if you've thing. met one kid with autism, you've met one kid with one autism. kid. I love that because yeah. I didn't get that until I started looking right. at your story. You hear autism and you're like, you, whatever you've seen comes to your mind. A hundred percent. That's not it. A hundred percent. You know how many people question us after the diagnosis? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, what's that like as a parent? Are um, you sure? Well, I'm not really a doctor. I went to and, the best in the world at U of I and they told me. Yep. And like, we have people that literally, I mean, yeah. we're saying like, well, you know, I work with kids with special needs and like your daughters don't look anything. Well, the thing about autism, there is no look. No. You know, there's our, no blood test. There's right. no. Our girls are super um, high uh, gross motor skills, you know, so they're bouncing off the wall, climbing stuff like Lots all that. Kind of, yes. Yeah. And I think that what we've done a bad job of is when um, autism has been portrayed, it's been portrayed one way. Yes. And it's been yes. quiet, reclusive mm-hmm. in a corner 
you know, like. And the spectrum. Right. There's everything. Yes. And everything in between yes. and everything on top and everything on bottom, right? Like it's such a, like my fear as soon as I heard that was that they weren't going to be loving and affectionate and they are like unbelievably loving and affectionate, <laughs> almost to the point where I'm like, we can have some space, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you don't have to touch me but all the you time. Didn't, you didn't even know. It, no, you know? because that's literally all that There's. had been shown. Yes. You know? Um, so yeah, it was, it was difficult. Then we went, we flip-flopped, yep. went to the other appointments and then I knew, I yeah. mean, the, the psychologist said, what do you do for a living? Right. And I was like, I'm a photographer. She goes, well, how, what does that look like? And I said, I make my own schedule. And she goes, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, because she knew right then that like one of our schedules was going to be to. fixated around their needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already said before they even got the diagnosis, you did yeah. therapy three times a week. Yep. yep. How do you even do that with a job? Right. During the day, you know? And I'm so thankful that, you know, my studio is beside my house. Mm -hmm. I can walk outside and work and, yeah. and I'm so Have that thankful for, um, <laughs> I always laugh that like, it's almost like God knew we were going to have like, um, this shit show. <laughs> I've heard you say that and I'm glad you brought it up. That he was like, I'm going to give you really awesome babysitters. Yes, yes. And he has like given you since we had the twins, you know, we've had um, JD and Bree and Morgan and Meredith and Emma and Anna. People and you guys I mean, love. Um, and yes. Deb across the street, like as soon she was our neighbor across the street, she retired like the month after we had the twins. Like hmm. it was almost just. He was really putting things in place of and he was, he was, you know, and you don't see that until you look back, right. obviously. But I mean, he really was, Guiding. I mean, we're five minutes away from like all their therapy almost mm -hmm. or schools, you know, mm -hmm. five to 10 minutes away. Mm -hmm. There are people that drive an hour to one way, you know, yeah. to get yeah. help. Yes. And in our, in our small community of Iowa. Yes. We're lucky being in the Cedar Valley yes. that this place is. I mean, awesome. we're literally, they go to balance autism in the mornings and they just opened one in Iowa City. Yeah. Just opened. And I mean, you know how much bigger Iowa City is than yeah. here. Yeah. And so the fact that we already have one that's fully established mm -hmm. is is huge. Huge. Yes. Hopefully it keeps the Schwab family here yes. forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that in the Cedar Valley. Um, yeah. So that brings us into... Uh, I had wrote down after listening to the other podcast that you were on mm -hmm. um, about your girls, just watching your journey. If the resources are not available for them, you were going to make them available, figure out how, yeah. how it was going to work for your family. And that has led you into some, some other current ventures. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to talk about yeah. that? Um, so a couple of things, you know, I immediately started kind of sharing our story uh, when we came home and got the diagnosis, we probably took like a day and, um, writing is like my therapy. Okay. So, um, I had written so much and, and Doug had kind of gone into like the, um, we're going to show you like, that was his mindset. Yes. Autism. You know, we're gonna, cause my, my only question I asked the doctors at the end of the appointment was, so that's it. Like they're autistic. Like that's it. Like, right. What does this look like in well, a year, five years, 10 years? Yeah. And can like, is there never a chance that they aren't autistic? Like, right. and they said, well, there's a chance that they won't meet the criteria. Right. And so then that was like our job. That's your you know goal. I mean? That was our goal, yeah. you know? And if it, we never reach that point, that's okay. Like right. it's a part of who they are. Mm -hmm. um, but I was so 
um, fixated on getting as much information as possible so then we can make, you know, decisions based on that and give them every opportunity that was available to them, right. you know, so that they could have every opportunity that's available to our boys. Mm-hmm. It's no different than us saying, okay, we, we really want them to, they really want to be good at wrestling. So, I mean, it'd be silly that we don't ask <laughs> Doug's here in this wrestling communities, you know, so yeah. it's the same with the girls, right? Like yeah. we've kind of put it out there and said, if you have um, information, yeah. people, and like I said, the wrestling community and our family and friends are so amazing. They immediately poured in. I mean, I still have messages of, hey, if you need another resource, let me know. And that that is nuts because sometimes it's hard to to explain that to people. Mm-hmm. Maybe your kids are hanging from a chandelier or yes. throwing Chick-fil-A nuggets. Physically hanging or, from a chandelier. Well, I've only seen the pictures. Oh, yeah. Kids are crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. Kids act wild. And then, you know, to you guys have made it your mission to educate mm-hmm. and to empower. Yeah. And that's different than getting it and sulking. Yeah. It would be really easy for you to say, damn, poor me. That was a tough hand. Mm-hmm. It's never been with Doug and it's never been with you. No, I mean, you have those moments and like, I would have those Everybody moments does. where I cry and, you know, I mean, I still do now where you drop them off at therapy or something or like, I think it was Dance. like two weeks ago and it was like, Jenna has a weighted blanket on her lap and in, in a perspective base, like that is nothing compared to what some kids are dealing with, but it's all relative to what you're going through. Yes. And I think that, I get frustrated by perspective in that way because I think people leave out the, you know, Doug would always say to me, but like our, our kids are here. They don't have cancer, you know, those things. And I'm like, you're right. But like, it still doesn't change the fact of like what we're going through, Mm -hmm. what they're going through or the feelings or emotions that surround it. It doesn't change that. It can be a challenge every freaking day. Right. So you just kind of have to deal with it each day as it came. And, um, I just felt like the, if we shared the more we shared our story um, and not just the twins, but like with our boys, with our marriage, with our life that um, I just kept seeing people say to me, thank you for that. You know, I, I needed to hear that or, you know, I had no idea that was going on and I'm dealing with that too. And I thought I was alone. And that's, that's really my main goal in sharing our story is, and I always, if it's something with me and Doug or something, you know, really kind of deep, then I'll say like, what do you think about this? And his answer has never fluctuated. It has always been, no matter if it's been our marriage, if it's been like mental health, if it's been kids, it is always, he has always said to me, are you doing it? Do you think that someone's going to be helped by it? Hell yeah. You know? And if so, then post it, Rock it. you know, but if there's any other reason that you're doing it, Don't like do you it. feel like you have to, or, you know, you have to explain yourself to someone or something like that, then like, no. But if you think that what you're writing is going to help someone, then do it. And so we, when the girls were diagnosed, I remember saying to him, I'm not ashamed by this. Like we didn't do anything wrong, right? you know, which is a misconception. There's nothing wrong with them. Right. (sighs) There's nothing wrong with them. This is a part of who they are. It's, you know, and, um, their superpower. Right. I love that. I know. I love it. And I will tell you, I have, fought it because when you are in um, 
something like the autism community, right? And you're not autistic, Mm -hmm. then you have a lot of feedback from autistic adults later in life as to what they thought or what they did, right? That's an awesome perspective. So you start reading some of those things and you obviously don't want anything that you do now or to post now to like, you know, really destruct their themselves later, you know, be destructive towards them. And, um, and it's the same as I will never forget, like the first time that we like, celebrated autism awareness, like immediately someone came back at me and said, like, you can't wear blue, you know, like you're supposed to wear red. Red is acceptance. Blue is awareness. I mean, rules, right. Like I'm just trying to like celebrate my kids who they are. And, um, so you have to let go of some of that. And some of that is like with the superpowers, like I look at it as like, this is something that they have that just adds to them. It's not something that take away. And, other, I mean, I've literally heard other people say, but you know, you're like kind of devaluing all the work that they do. And I'm like, but I'm not, I'm celebrating, right. you know, yeah. and it's really, that's how we choose to look at it. And everybody can choose to look at it how they want. But for us, it is something that is unique to them. Yes. Superpowers are unique to individuals. Yes. Um, you know, not everybody in our family has it. Obviously, they see the world in a completely different light than we do. Yes. And it has grown our mind, you know, so much. much The boys, everything. I see how they act around their sisters. And it is a testament to your guys' parenting. And they are the most accepting little boys. Yes, they are. Which will become accepting men. Right. Allison. And this is what the podcast, my podcast is about. Yes. Just making people better. Yep. The little things, the little stories and lessons that we can accrue. hundred percent. You are a testament to that girlfriend, <laughs> you and your entire family. So, so yeah. you, you just continue to provide resources for them in hopes to make their life as best as they can make it yep. themselves. And then looking Once for those able. resources, um, I ran across Michael or Michael ran across me and he was running pause or starting pause, which is Panther Academy for water safety. Okay. And, um, it's swim lessons to help young kids with, uh, diverse abilities. Okay. And he has actually worked with like Auburn university in their adaptive sports programs. And so he's really been the push behind what we started, which is E3 collective. And that stands, and for- that stands for equip, empower and encourage. And awesome. so, um, we want to, you know, give caregivers, um, those with diverse abilities, the people that work with them and around them and the community, we want to give them awareness. Um, we want to give them support, encouragement to lift these people up, to give them, you know, the things that are going to help them have these opportunities yes. that everyone else has. Right. And until you have a kid with special needs, which still, still, still sounds weird for me to even say that Yes, it is not hard because it. I struggle to say it in that aspect or anything. It's, it's hard because it still doesn't feel real. Like when I look at my girls, they're still my girls. Like nothing changed when we brought them home. They still wanted Chick-fil-A and you know, I mean, same girl, right? Like, like nothing changed in that aspect. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were still the exact same before you went to the, right. They just have just your girl, this extra thing about them, you know? Um, but that diagnosis got us help. Right. And that's why I, fear is that 
people will slide through or, or not recognize when you're talking about maybe they didn't know right. when, and, and some people are in denial yeah. and what they don't realize is that that diagnosis on the other side of that diagnosis is so much help. Help. Yeah. Yes. It's not uh, limiting. No. Or negative at all. Exactly. And so when it, when we had the diagnosis, I even wrote like, it was finally um, a relief because up until from when we took that questionnaire or when I started questioning, you know, them not saying things until then all your mind is going, how do I help them? What's going on? What's this going to look like? And so now you have an answer. You still don't know what it's going to look like. Right. You never never know what it's going to look like. (laughs) But you had resources to tap into. And that was the difference. Right. Um, And before then, you didn't because you didn't know. Right. You didn't equip yourself with that knowledge. Right. Yeah. So that's our goal with that. Um, Mike has taken it and absolutely ran with it. Like I said, and, and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I wear a lot of different hats and so does he, I don't know how he does it. He's a parent of two sets of twins. Ooh, double the power there. And he was having, he, they found out they were having a set uh, of twins after his other twins, like he just turned two or before. Yeah. So they are like stressed. Um, I mean, I can't even imagine their life. So two sets sets of twins i have another set of friends that have two sets and i'm like Phew. i'm like well at least you don't know any different like we exactly. had the one child and then we were like what you know but it was so quick you can almost count yours as yeah. two and two, two. yes yes so man so i mean i mean to kind of wrap it up yeah you to me the amount of dedication that you exhibit to your family is so honorable and your family as a whole you and Doug have embraced the, we're going to do what's best for the Schwab family, this yep. Schwab family, you, your husband and your, your kids, you know, yep. if that's Iowa, if that's Virginia, if that's yep. wherever you're going to mm-hmm. make it work. And that's a testament to you. I hope people uh, were able to draw some perspective about life from this podcast. Mm-hmm. You get thrown curveballs. Oh yeah. Life it can be a bitch. Yeah. And it's about how you fight back. Are you yep. going to claw your way to the top? And if you don't make it to the top, where are you going to mm-hmm. fall? What's next? And I had to really embrace things that were a struggle for me, like asking for help, accepting help, um, you know, being open that my way wasn't the only way. Right. Um, and and really focusing on their needs and not what looked best. Right. You know, so As like. As opposed to maybe what the community is saying or right. friends or, or grandparents. Right. Or, and that's why I try to share both sides of it. Because. Right. You know, then maybe when you're in the supermarket or whatever and you hear this kid crying or screaming or laying down on the floor, your first thought isn't like that's a terrible parent. Right. Your first thought is, man, that child is struggling today or that's having a hard time. And maybe I should just pat that mom on the back or be like, I've been there instead of giving them this judgmental look, look. you know. So I just want people to be able to see um, both sides of it. That's the most important to me and, and, and really in all aspects of our life, you know, from parenting to marriage to whatever. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So I, if you haven't paid attention to the other episodes that are out, I do something called the firing range. Oh, geez. Yes. And that is, I'll ask you questions. Mm -hmm. It's this or that. Okay. You decide on which one you want to pick for your reasons. You can't explain. Oh, okay. I can't explain. Oh man. Once it's done, it's done. And those (sighs) answers are in stone. Ah, man, you're really, are you ready? for Brutal. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Here we go. All right, Allison, to start off, Amazon or Target? Target. Oh, that was easy for you. Right. Starbucks, <laughs> Starbucks coffee or Dunkin' Donuts coffee? Starbucks. 
Hertz Donuts Company or Icon Donuts? Hertz. Spring or fall? Fall. Pictures or videos? Oh. <laughs> pictures or videos? Oh, yeah, that's so hard. You have to. Pictures, pictures or videos? Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Softball or wrestling? Wrestling. Doug wrestling or Doug coaching? Oh. <laughs> yes. Doug wrestling. Olympics or nationals? Olympics. Virginia Tech, UNI, or Iowa? UNI. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Thank on you the show so today. much for having me. I appreciate it. Where can people go to connect with Allison Schwab? Um, you can connect multiple ways. So um, Instagram is probably where you're going to see the most uh, behind the scenes of our life, and that's at Hey, H-A-Y and Bob's mom. Okay. Um, so that's probably where you're going to see the most shit show. Content. Yes. Yes, I love there. it. Um, I subscribe and it is worth your time. Okay. <laughs> Facebook, where can people um, find you? Facebook and just Allison Schwab. Um, you can also uh, find us on E3 Collective. Okay. Um, if you want more resources in the community, learning about what you can do um, and, you know, how to teach your kids things. And it also has resources that are just for ki- people with diverse abilities, not just autism. Right. Um, and then there's actually a new thing that we've just started. That's called like every piece matters. And we are trying to get raise money for um, communication boards at preschools at so that schools. the kids can walk up and if they don't have the words and they can't take their talker outside or it's hard to manage that in the snow, yeah. um, they can point to the pictures um, to communicate with their friends and their teachers. Teachers, and, aides, everyone. Yes, yes. Awesome. Awesome work. Thank you for what you're doing. Yes, thank, thank you for you. coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. If you have an incredible story you'd like to tell, and I've yet to reach out to you, please contact me directly at theworldwithnatepodcast at gmail.com. This project was made with love by Pixel Labs. This year has brought a ton of firsts for all of us. One of these firsts I'm particularly proud of is my recent home decluttering project. But with the completion of this project, it brought about a new challenge. Finding room for all my treasures. Maybe it's not treasure. Maybe it's your household items or a vehicle or camper. Maybe you do simply just want to declutter after the hectic year. If you find yourself in a similar situation, please contact my friend at Current Storage. You can contact Buck at 319-269-9510 for all of your storage needs. They currently have locations available in Hudson, Cedar Falls, Mason City, Grundy Center, New Hartford, Webster City, and Decorah for all of your storage needs. Are you looking to sell farmland or recreational timber? Matt Tobin is a land specialist with High Point Land Company and has buyers ready to purchase land now. Land prices coupled with historically low interest rates, make it the best time to buy or sell your property. Please give Matt a call at 563-451-7390 if you are looking to buy or sell land in all of Iowa.